Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 24 as we continue our study into the godly servant behavior of Eleazar, the servant of Abraham, and how we can be better servants of God. Now, don't forget that this message is always available for free listening and free download at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Go to our main website and download it for free, or you can also go to iTunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, as we're in the month of March, Passover will soon be here, and Tom Cantor, our Jewish born-again believer and teacher here on the Friendship with God radio program, has an incredible teaching on the Passover. It's called the personal relevance of the Passover. This insightful teaching on the Passover is like you've never heard it before. Now, this Passover teaching from Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53 from Tom Cantor brings to life the process and the passion of the Passover lamb for the Jewish people and the personal relevance of the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, for us today and our lives. Now, it's a great gift to give any Christian or unbeliever at Easter and Passover time, and it's a great gift especially to give to any Jewish person that you know who may be searching for the truth and evidence of the Scriptures and who the Messiah really is at Passover time by asking the question, Where is your Lamb? Now, to get this teaching on the Passover from Tom Cantor, please call us today with a donation of $20 or more, and we'll send it to you for Passover and Easter time. Our number is 800 800- 247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, it's 800-247-3051. Or you can also order this product online by going to our website at friendshipwithgod.org and clicking on our resources. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching. Okay, here we are in Genesis 24. All right, so here we are. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for being a God who teaches us Lord, and who wants to instruct us, and who, Lord, is helping us on the upward trail. And so this morning, Lord, we pray that we might increase in our knowledge of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis 24, verse 33. Genesis 24, verse 33. And there was set meat before him to eat it, but he said, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. And he said, Speak on. And he said, I am Abraham's servant, and the Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maidservants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son unto my master when she was old, and unto him hath he given all that he hath. And my master made me swear, saying, Thou shalt not take a wife to my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, in whose land I dwell, but thou shalt go unto my father's house and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son." And I said unto my master, Peradventure, the woman will not follow me. And he said unto me, The Lord before whom I walk, he will send his angel with thee, and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife from my son, of my kindred, and of my father's house. Then shalt thou be clear from this my oath, when thou comest to my kindred, and if they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. And I came this day unto the well, and said, O Lord, my God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way which I go, behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, and I say to her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water of thy pitcher to drink. And she say to me, Both drink thou, and I will also draw for thy camels. Let the same be the woman whom thou, Lord, whom the Lord hath appointed out for my master's son. And before I had done speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came forth with her pitcher on her 
shoulder, and she went down into the well and drew water. And I said unto her, Let me drink, I pray thee. And she made haste and let down her pitcher from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I'll give thy camels drink also. So I drank, and she made the camels drink also. And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art thou? And she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bare unto him. And I put the earring upon her face and the bracelets on upon her hands. And I bowed down my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master brother's daughters unto his son. And now, if you will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Now, we're still here with Eliezer. We're missed Eliezer in his speech, first speech in the Bible, and the spotlight is on him. And Eliezer's feeling the pressure of it all because he's going to be evaluated by what he says, by the family, and the results are going to come as a result of the words that he chooses, which he's being very carefully about what he's going to say. So first he's thought, they need to know who I am. And so he covers that and he says, you know who I am? Think of me like Abraham because I'm Abraham's messenger. And he says in verse 34, I'm Abraham's servant. And so we saw Eliezer is determined by that statement. He's not going to let himself get in the way of the message. It's a critical message. It's an important message. But he's not going to take the place of Abraham here and they're not going to walk away saying, Boy, that Eliezer was really something. So when all the eyes were on Eliezer, it was time for Eliezer to speak. And he treated this very, very seriously. You know, he didn't saunter up with his shirt untucked and saying, Hey, how y'all doing today? (laughs) Everybody having a good time? You know, verse 33, there was set meat before him. And that was actually Laban. Laban was the, how y'all doing today? Let's everybody having a good time? All right. But Eliezer put an immediate stop to that. An immediate stop to the let's everybody have a good time atmosphere as he cries out, I will not eat until I have told mine errand. So at the end of verse 33, Laban is saying, okay, Laban said, speak on. You've got the floor. Go for it, Eliezer. And so we see now Eliezer, this is critical time. He's got everyone's attention. And Eliezer thinks to himself, I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right. And we can be sure that Eliezer is praying at that time. Lord, help me to get it right. Help me to say it right. And so, and the Lord is reminding Eliezer, Eliezer, don't you forget that you are not the mission. The mission is not yourself. You have to decrease. Abraham has to increase. So don't get in the way. You've got a goal, Eliezer. Stay on point. Stay focused. So we see Eliezer, he starts off by putting on the Abraham coat when he says, I'm Abraham's servant, in verse 34. And we saw, and that was important for us, because we saw in that, when we speak to the lost, we need to remember, we are only ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to decrease, he needs to increase. And so we say, that's why we always time we're saying, we speak to the lost. The Lord Jesus Christ said, God said, the Bible said, it says in the word, and that's Eliezer in verse 33. He says, I will not eat until I've told mine Aaron. And the word, the word Aaron there is maybe not the best word. It's the word debar in Hebrew, which means it's like a matter. It's an issue. It's a critical issue. That's essentially the word that the book of Deuteronomy starts with in Deuteronomy 1.1 when it said, these be the words which Moses spoke unto all Israel on this side, Jordan, in the wilderness. See, the book of Deuteronomy are the words that Moses spake. They're the devarim, the issues. It's the matters. It's the critical issues that Moses spoke. As a matter of fact, Jews, they don't call the fifth book of Moses here the book of Deuteronomy, probably because they couldn't even pronounce it. (laughs) 
but they call it the book Devarim. They call it the book Words or Issues or Matters. In other words, Debar is a critical issue. It's a word. Something has to be really brought forth. And so Eliezer is saying here in verse 33, I won't eat until I've told my critical issue, my Debar. I won't do it. And so at the end of verse 33, when they said, speak on, they were saying, okay, so what's the critical issue? What's the matter? What is it? And so Eliezer continues in verse 35 by telling the family that Abraham has been blessed by God and God has made Abraham great. And then in verse 36, he says there was a great miracle that happened that took place because Sarah had a baby when she was old. She wasn't in her 40s, you know, when she had this baby. She was really old. And so Eliezer, he thinks to himself, now is the time that I've got to make one simple, concise statement about Isaac. And it will be all that I want to say about Isaac. And it's only nine words in English, and it's five words in Hebrew. And in those small number of words, God has given to Eliezer all that he needs to communicate about Isaac. That's it. He says, unto him hath he given all that he hath. That's it. And when he said it, It was perfect. It was the perfect statement. Nothing more needed to be said than that. Eliezer had said everything about Isaac when he said that. And the genius of this, the marvel of Eliezer's statement, is what we say about the Lord Jesus Christ. When we say that about the Lord Jesus Christ, we put it in a nutshell. It's all right there. Unto him hath he given all that he hath. Unto him, unto the Lord Jesus Christ, hath the Father given all judgment according to John 5.22. Unto him hath the Father given all things, according to Matthew 11.27 and John 3.35. Unto him hath the Father given all power, according to Matthew 28.18, the Great Commission. Unto him hath the Father given all creation, according to John 1.3 and Colossians 1.16, where it says that all things were made by him and for him. So like Eliezer, we want this nutshell description of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can use the very same words that Eliezer used at the end of verse 36. Unto him hath he given all that he hath. That's a description of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what Eliezer said about Isaac in that short description is perfect. Nothing more, nothing less, marvelous. Unto him hath he given all that he hath. So then in verses 37 to 38, Eliezer told the family that Abraham made him take an oath. I had to take an oath that I was not going to take a wife for Isaac of the Canaanites, but I was to return to Abraham's family to get a wife for Isaac. And then in verse 39, Eliezer tells them that he was anxious over the issue because he was anxious about the issue of the woman not being willing to follow him. And then in verse 40, Eliezer now opens up his heart to the family as if he's saying to them, you know, I was anxious about the success of this mission, but it was what Abraham said to me that just calmed all my fears as I believed what he said. And he says in verse 40, he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk, he'll send his angel with thee. He'll prosper thy way. You'll take a wife of my kindred and of my father's house. Let me ask you a question. What was the way that Abraham described God to Eliezer? How did Abraham describe God to Eliezer? What did he say? Not a trick question. Very simple. On the surface, written in the verse. (laughs) He says, the Lord before whom I walk. That was the way that Abraham described God to Eliezer. He says, he's the Lord 
before whom I walk. And when Eliezer said that, it was like he was telling the family, you know, I remember Eliezer could say to the family, I remember when Abraham told me that. When Abraham told me that, it was like Abraham was saying to me, Eliezer, look at me. I'm telling you to look at me. Look at my life. Because you see how I've ordered my life? You see how my life is really like a walk in front of God? You know, when I was growing up, my mother used to tell me, and she always used to say this to me, just to bother me, but she used to say this to me, don't do as I do, do as I say. She used to say that, don't do as I do. She always said that to me, you know, don't do as I do, do as I say. I used to think to myself, well, when you don't do as you say, that cancels out what you say. <laughs> and so doing what you say is critical. It's like validating what you say, you know, when you do it. And so Abraham is saying to Eliezer, the Lord before whom I walk, Abraham is saying to Eliezer, do as I do, which is also do as I say, because do as I do, because I'm doing what I'm saying, you know. And this brought to Eliezer a great measure of assurance about Abraham. Because Eliezer's telling this family that it's really true about Abraham. He's a real true blue person. What you see is what you get. He really did view his life, Abraham did, as like he was walking right out there in front of God. Tremendous teaching from the Old Testament, and we'll get back to Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program here in just a moment. We want to encourage you to get some of Tom Cantor's resources, as well as go to our bookstore that's online. You can find our bookstore and our resources, many of them for free and some for purchase, at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. While there, you can also sign up online at friendshipwithgod.org for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse that will come to your email or to your phone. So sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. And also, you can donate to support this Bible teaching radio program with an online donation through our website, friendshipwithgod.org. Just click on the donate button. Help support this Bible teaching radio program with Tom Cantor and Friendship with God staying on this station in your city. We need your support. So donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. It's like Abraham and God were walking together, and then all of a sudden God says to Abraham, well, now you just walk out in front of me. You just go ahead and walk out in front of me because I want to watch you as you walk. And don't turn around, Abraham. I'm right behind you. I'm watching you. But you just go ahead and walk in front of me. I'll watch you. And so you live your life as a walk before me and be thou perfect was the other part of what he said. Walk thou before me and be thou perfect. In other words, be wholehearted about it. And so this very first thing that Eliezer tells the family about Abraham is as if Eliezer is saying to the family that I've never seen anybody like that before. I've never seen anybody like Abraham before. A man with whom God was so real that he started out each day and saying, okay, God, here I go. I'm going to walk before you and you'll see my every decision because I'm right out in front of you. You're going to see my every glance. You're going to see my every thought. You're going to see my every attitude. You're going to see my every word before it's spoken. You're going to hear it, and you're going to see my every act. When I was a new believer in 1970, I was drawn to the chapel because I thought Pastor Jim was, I thought, he's weird. (laughs) He's strange, you know, but I was drawn to him. I'd never seen a person like this spend three hours a day in prayer. 
I never met a person who believes so earnestly in prayer. I never met a person who lives so naturally in the Bible. And when I saw him, I thought, this is a very strange person. But I thought to myself, you know, I want to get to know him better. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did, because you can't do it now unless you go to heaven. That's what Eliezer was saying about Abraham. He never met a person like them before. He never met a person who was living his life like he was walking in front of God. And when Abraham told Eliezer that, Abraham was directing Eliezer to just have a close look at my life, Eliezer. Look, look and see in me what a committed Christian looks like. That's what Paul told the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 4.16 when he said, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. He said that also in 1 Corinthians 11.1 when he said, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. I'm following Christ, you follow me. This is what Paul told the Thessalonian church in 1 Thessalonians 1.16, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord. And in 2 Thessalonians 3.9, when he said, we made ourselves an example unto you to follow us. So God exhorts believers to look at the lives of their teachers. He says that in Hebrews 13.7, where he says, remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, the end of their lifestyle, the end of their behavior. Consider that. And that's what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.10 when he says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life. He said, you've known my manner of life. My purpose, my faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. So he's saying to Timothy, Timothy, you're very familiar with me. You're very familiar with the way I live. You're very familiar with my manner of life. We've worked together. We've traveled together. You know me. And you've seen how my doctrine, how my purpose, how my faith has changed my life into a life of patience and love. And this gave a great assurance to Eliezer that Abraham was trustworthy. Because when Eliezer saw in Abraham a holy life, he had confidence in Abraham. And when others see a sinful life in us, it destroys their confidence to follow us. Now that's not to say that Eliezer didn't see sin in Abraham's life. There was enough of that. But Eliezer saw in Abraham, with his sin, a quick repentance and a cleansing from sin. His attitude was different about sin. You know, one time there was a young girl in Scotland who wanted to be baptized, and the elders at the church there were really kind of questioning whether this girl was saved or not. So they brought her in for this, you know, questioning session, and they said to her, are you saved? And she said, oh yes, I'm saved. I'm saved by the blood, saved by grace. And they said, "Um, were you a sinner? Did you know you were a sinner before you were saved? Oh yes, I knew I was a sinner, she said. And they said, well, are you still a sinner now? And she said, oh yes, I'm a sinner now. I'm a sinner saved by grace. So then they said, well, if you were a sinner before you got saved and you're a sinner now after you got saved, what's the difference? They said to this girl, And the way she put it was so good. She said, the difference is, before I was saved, I was running to sin. After I'm saved, I'm running away from sin. (laughs) This is Abraham. Abraham, he was quick in his repentance and his cleansing from sin. And so he says, the Lord before whom I walk. Now, Eliezer had seen that Abraham lived his life as if he was walking out in front of God. He saw a holy life, and this gave him confidence 
Now, in verse 40, he told them that he had this great confidence because he also told them, remember the angel. Remember the angel of the Lord, and he's going to be with you. That was the reason why he was going to find a wife for Isaac. It's because of the angel. In other words, Abraham was directing, it was going to be the angel's work. It wasn't going to be your work, Eliezer. It's going to be the ultimate linchpin in the whole thing. But it was going to be the angel's work, he said in verse 40. And that made all the difference in the world for Eliezer. Because Eliezer, getting a wife for Isaac was, for him to know, is ultimately not going to happen because of Eliezer, but it was going to happen because of the angel. So it took a lot of stress off of Eliezer, and it made the job more doable for him. He was still very much involved. He was very much in this with his whole heart and soul. But what Eliezer was saying to the family was that he was going to bring a wife because of the angel, because of the angel of God. We get all stressed out in life because, because we don't trust enough in the work of the Holy Spirit. Just like Abraham told Eliezer, Eliezer, trust the presence of the angel and the work of the angel. So God's advice to us is trust the presence of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. So when Eliezer saw that, he was essentially removing himself from the work, and he was saying the final analysis, getting a wife for Isaac, so he had me work for the angel. And notice in verse 41 how he further removes himself from putting pressure on the family when he told them, verse 41, then thou shalt be clear from this mine oath when thou comest to my kindred. If they give not thee one, thou shalt be clear from my oath. Now, we don't quite, the way he says this here, you know, as we talked about this, we don't quite remember the conversation that way between Abraham and Eliezer. It's not quite the way we remember it. You know, we remember that Abraham told Eliezer that the woman was not willing that he'd be cleared from that. But Eliezer has added this, that if the family's not willing to let them go, that he'd be cleared. So, you know, what do you have to say? Well, he's just being quick on his feet. And he's thinking, well, Abraham probably would have said that also. So that's good enough. (laughs) Anyway, now Eliezer, he doesn't know this family. He's just met them. But he tells them something that they did not know. And he didn't have to tell them this. Eliezer did not have to tell them this, but he tells them anyway, which is Genesis verse 42, 24, 42. I came this day unto the well and said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, if now thou do prosper my way, which I go. So he could have just said, you know, I, I took an oath from Abraham, bring back the wife, and here I am, so can I take the wife back, please? Give me the woman. But instead, he's decided to really tell them about a secret prayer that he made in his heart. And it shows that Eliezer is, is very open about being a praying person. And he's happy to let everyone, you know, I'm a praying person. I remember a long time ago, we had a former employee who sued us in California Superior Court, and the lawsuit said that the top management of the company, they pray, was in the lawsuit. And she felt abused to work in a company that prayed, because she didn't pray. And so the judge asked me, you know, when we were with the judge, is that true? Do you pray? And I said, we did. I said, if that's a crime, we're guilty as charged, you know. (laughs) And in that same session, the judge turned to her and caught her in a lie, so threw the case out. But Eliezer said he prayed, and he went into detail about how he prayed, and he told them that he prayed to Abraham's God, and he asked God to prosper his way, and he told them about this proposal that he made to God. In verse 43, he tells them, verse 43, he says, he said to God, Behold, I stand by the well of water, and it shall come to pass that when the virgin cometh forth to draw water, I say to her, Give me a, a little water, that she'll say, Oh, drink, and I'll give your camels to drink also. That's the one. 
Now put yourself in the family's shoes. You haven't met this person before. You haven't heard anything about him. And so you're all ears to hear, uh, hear what he's got to say. He starts out by telling, by telling in his prayer, he says, well, I told God, he says, behold, I stand by the well of water. And you're thinking, God needs to know that? <laughs> you know, like he can't see? Another great day of teaching here on Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Another great way to start your Monday or end your Monday with Friendship with God. We want to encourage you to uh, make a contribution to this radio program. 100% of it will go to keeping this Bible teaching radio program on the air in your city. And we'll also match a donation of 100% towards Israel Restoration Ministries and our Jewish Evangelism Outreach Ministry that reaches over a million and a half lost Jewish people every year, as well as Gentiles with the gospel and encouraging them to reach their Jewish friends with the gospel. Now, we want to encourage you to give your 100% tax-deductible donation, and you can do that by going online to friendshipwithgod.org, and that's friendshipwithgod.org. Donate online. You can also call us at 800-247-3051. You can call and make a one-time donation or a monthly donation of any amount for your support. We'll match that towards Israel Restoration Ministries. Our number again is 800 247 3051-800-247-3051. Support Friendship with God and this great Bible teaching radio program staying on your station and your city. Now, also exciting news here, the Friendship with God Bible is out. It's available for purchase. It's a King James Bible with over 2,200 pages and over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources prepared especially for your study and your friendship with God by Tom Cantor. Now, it's got so many things we can't even bother to mention all of it, but we want to get you to look at it online. You can go to our website, friendshipwithgod.org, click on the resources, and click on Tom Cantor's materials. You can purchase the Friendship with God Bible online at friendshipwithgod.org. Click on resources, and you can now get it at a reduced price of $89.99. Now, you can also call us and order it directly over the phone at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Get the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible, 800-247-3051.